0: All right, we're back at Speak Softly. Yes. Charles the Niner. So this week, let's uh, focus on North America. Let's talk about Canada. Uh, This is interesting. A Shanghai court has sentenced Chinese-Canadian billionaire Xiao Jianhua to 13 years in prison and fined his tomorrow holdings company conglomerate, a record 55.03 billion Chinese yuan, 8.1 billion U.S. dollars in case anyone's counting, But yet there have been no questions or reflections about the, quote, buy a green card, unquote, process by which Canada benefited. So while many countries promote investment green cards and paths to citizenship, they don't seem to be concerned about where the money is coming from. Is this a double standard for countries who proselytize about the rule of law, international uh, rules, and the evils of money laundering?
1: Unfortunately, uh, if they can get money from anywhere, they take it. And we've seen this not only Canada, but Australia, also a number of EU countries. U.S.? U.S. and some developing countries as well. And it was really no channel to check on where the wealth comes from. In his case, in Xiao Jianhua's case, the Tomorrow Group, they made billions and billions and billions By insider trading and market manipulation and this is when China's regulatory agencies especially in the financial markets were not sophisticated enough to catch up to smart money that learned the tricks from Wall Street
0: yeah but my issue is you know we're talking about jurisdictions not not third world countries Mm -hmm. and things like that but U.K., Australia, the United States, Canada. other parts in Europe, Canada, where they do have the sophistication and That's the right. ability to check: is this uh, basically, you know, turning a blind eye because somebody's bringing money?
1: That's right. It is. It's hypocrisy. Yeah. Very simple.
0: Let's go to Europe. Focus on green. You don't Britain. want to go to Europe
1: now. It's yeah. very hot. <laughs> Forty-some degrees. Even worse than Beijing, right?
0: Well, right now, Beijing is perfect. Uh, The weather is unbelievable. Blue skies. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, 2008 was great. And then after that, it went down a little bit. And then they said, we're going to change it. And today, uh, how many weeks have we had with just blue skies? We have
1: incredible success in terms of dealing with a lot of environmental issues in China. And it's just incredible that Germany for political reasons, decides to reburn coal-fired power plants.
0: Well, China is also. uh, There was an article today where she was talking about Mm -hmm. the fact that China is leaning more heavily uh, to make sure. I mean, they've had brownouts and blackouts uh, down south, and they're going to have to lean on that. But from my understanding, this is a temporary measure, hopefully, Mm -hmm. by everybody. Mm -hmm. But the question is, these calculations, as you pointed out for the last couple of weeks, could have been made before you started a war in Ukraine and cut off gas supplies from Russia.
1: They could have uh, at least made estimation of what impact the sanctions would have on its economy, on its people, on the world, on the globe.
0: Is, Is it gross negligence or do you think that it was deliberate?
1: I think it's two things. One, geopolitics or political thinking Is now predominant the overriding force in a lot of European governments or the politicians where it overrides everything else Mm -hmm. including the welfare of its own people and this is pretty scary when you think about it
0: talking about welfare of the people Britain's annual inflation rate, as measured by Consumer Price Index, jumped to 10.1% in July, the first time the country has hit double-digit inflation since 1982. Higher energy costs were the main factor behind raising prices, but transport and food also added to household bills. Meanwhile, predictions of 18% inflation by winter mount, as conservatives battled to find a new PM. China's inflation in July was 2.7%, the U.S. 8.5%, Europe 9.8%. Is this about Brexit or the failure of Great Britain's political system and leadership, or is this more endemic to uh, democracies around the world?
1: I think what has happened, and we see this already uh, coming more than two years ago, the quantitative easing, the printing of money to buy votes, in some cases, in other cases is simply not being strategic in dealing with problems that were occurring in various economies in Europe. Um, like you said, it's endemic in the democracies of the world.
0: Yeah, but This kick the can down the road, which is yeah. literally, I'm not going to deal with this problem. I will just kick it down the road and let somebody, the next guy, yeah. or do it next year, mañana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this... This seems to be a hallmark of almost every democratic uh, government that's out there. It doesn't matter which side they're on. That's right. They seem unable to change something and then stick to the change.
1: Unable, unwilling, and in most instances, it's not in their personal interest because they're looking at short-term results. If I can stay in power for another two years, great. I'll do anything to do it, whether or not it impacts on society. Whether or not it really screw up people's lives, they don't seem to care. No, we don't, don't see any real statesmen anymore in Europe, in the United States. We see politicians, manipulators.
0: Yeah, but that, that's, that sometimes uh, goes with the system. But I mean, yeah. I, people will say, oh, you're against democracy. I said, no, democracy works wonderfully as long as the majority of people voting are voting for the future not just their themselves. Let's, right. let's talk a little bit about Ukraine. As the Ukraine conflict continues with no end in sight for human and economic tragedies, the U.S., which loudly predicted the war, but provided little in terms of support before it started, has now poured $45.5 billion in aid, with more coming as another $750 million has been promised. Additionally, reports are coming in saying even more military aid than disclosed has been sent the majority of funds have been for weapons with 9 billion for humanitarian and 10 billion for financial aid today peace is described as impossible as russia won't give up what it has and no ukrainian politician can afford to give up what has been taken the real issue though is not less about territory than security to this end This conflict now or after countless more human and economic tragedies, Russia's security concerns will have to be addressed. As we approach the winter uh, with inflation driven by shortages of food and energy, EU voters may look for more pragmatic leaders, dividing Brussels from a Washington administration, which continues to favor weakening Russia no no matter how many Ukrainians die or Europeans suffer. What's your take on the situation? Is this being driven by American exceptionalism at its worst? Or are we just watching the inevitable decline of a post-World War II order that has lost its relevance?
1: It's more than the decline of the order. I think it's a decline of the entire Western world. We talk about stagflation coming in the United States, inflation in Europe, but what's more important is what we've seen happen in Germany, for example. Uh, Germany supplies almost all the raw materials of chemicals for thousands of downstream companies that use this raw material for various products. And if you can't produce the raw material anymore, like BASF, then you're looking at millions going unemployed. Then I think also in terms of their economy, this is the first time in decades that Germany had a negative trade balance, yeah. which is incredible when you think about it. The most oh, the power powerful- powerhouse of Europe. That's right, the powerhouse of Europe that lived on very substantial trade surpluses for decades and accumulated masses of wealth. But they're running a negative trade balance.
0: But isn't, I mean, people seem to lack an understanding of how one thing leads to another yeah. for instance because of the energy situation aluminum factories mm-hmm. smelters which use a tremendous amount of energy mm-hmm. are not producing aluminum mm-hmm. no aluminum no cars no cars
1: no exports
0: no exports so i mean it's not this isn't the end we are still in the very beginnings of the kind of, of the downturn downstream that's right Uh, Misery, that's going to be caused.
1: Speaking of cars, it's interesting that uh, in terms of electric vehicles, Chinese exports have been
0: booming. China provides, uh, what, you know, Tesla provides four different types of cars. Uh, Between the different Chinese entities, I think we're talking about 40, 50. That's right. So literally. uh, More than
1: 50% of the world's total. Yeah. No.
0: and at different price points That's it's right. not you you know if you can't afford a tesla there are lots of other things but talking of which that they they unveiled this whole issue uh with the subsidies that the u.s is going to provide but not a single car maker qualifies for <laughs> these subsidies because they say the battery has to be so much percentage in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and it has to be assembled in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and has the, the car has to be so much percentage and assembled. But there isn't even an American car company that could qualify. So, And
1: there's good reason for it because it's inefficient and it's very expensive to make this in yes, America. But right?
0: this, I thought, you know, we've been talking about friend shoring, right? But this is not just they saying China. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, this is going Everybody. to affect Europe.
1: That's right. Everybody. Uh, re- Europe, Europe, a lot. especially. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So they're not going to be able to sell. So I wonder how people are looking at this when the U.S. says, you're our allies, stand with us. Meanwhile, don't sell us your product. We want your technology. They want chips from Japan and uh, South Korea want monop- and, and Japan. Monopoly. The- yes. Yeah. But I mean, isn't this transparently... Basically saying, "I'm with you as long as I take your gold."
1: That's right. That's one part. And the other part, which is, I think, even more absurd, is people I think there's been a drought in Western United States as well, yeah. and very hot temperatures throughout the south, southern part of the U.S. It's really impact on peoples impacting people's life. How can they slap masses of duties on Chinese solar panels?
0: Well, you, you said earlier that there's a certain amount of uncaring when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, going out there and attacking people, all right? Yeah. yeah. Well, talking of which, does it seem strange to you that the U.S. can find $45.5 billion to fund a war over a period of six months, but only less than $8 billion for vaccinations over two and a half years? Now, keep in mind, if those vaccinations... It had reached 50 billion, mm-hmm. all right, and everyone had been inoculated. We would have saved trillions of dollars. Lives.
1: And millions of lives.
0: And millions of lives. That's right. So do you find it at all strange? This is where their priorities lie. So this is a part of the uncaringness. That's
1: right, uncaringness. And I think the wanting to maintain maintain hegemony.
0: Over what? A failed world? I, That's right. I have I to understand. Let's get back to Asia. A Taiwanese veteran who helped China's memory chip uh, progress says US-led CHIP4 alliance could backfire on member countries. Memory chip expert Charles Kao, who helped create Nanya technology, says countries that join CHIP4 could lose the Chinese market. How serious is this prediction and what would it mean to the developed countries to lose out on China's market?
1: i think the response of the koreans show already that how they're hesitating in joining chip4 because the chinese market to them is absolutely critical for their entire chip industry i think over 40% of their total exports korean exports in terms of profitability comes from chips of which 60% is to china
0: so you know on one hand they're saying Stand with us on this alliance, yeah. while we take your business away. Away. That's right. Strange idea.
1: <laughs> well, I think uh, I think uh, there is going to be serious resistance from the Korean side.
0: Yeah, but at some point the Japanese have to join in, and and the Taiwanese yeah. are going to wake wake up to the fact that their economy is being hollowed out.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Central Asia. Environmentally, new research shows that what scientists call an irreversible decline in freshwater storage in Asia. The drying up of the t- Tibetan Plateau, the world's largest freshwater reserve, will impact over 2 billion people in the Central Asia, South Asia, and China. The results have been verified by independent research teams from China and the U.S. You know, economically, the region is situated between the demand centers of Europe and China, as well as Russia and Iran. Without easy access to open water, they are reliant on pipelines to get the resources to market. As Moscow has significant political and economic sway in these former Soviet republics, it's further complicating the geopolitical balancing act for many Central Asian governments. China has invested over 40 billion US dollars in Central Asia, but $21.4 21.4 billion has gone to Kazakhstan. In the past, investments were made on a government to government basis for infrastructure, but the toxic mixture of changing governments, each blaming the other for loans taken, has resulted in a more focused project by project approach involving uh, on behalf of China. Locally, there's been a growing number of industrial projects that seek to make value added products that can be exported. These projects are increasingly staffed by Central Asians who receive technical training from Chinese firms. This change has been primarily driven by Central Asian states. The region's governments have long pushed for industrial capacity building, including the upskilling of local workers. Xi Jinping will be uh, visiting on his first trip out uh, to the Shanghai Shanghai Cooperation Organization meeting in Samarkand, Uzbekistan. It'll be his first foreign trip since early 2020. Two weeks later, Xi and Putin are expected to meet again on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia, on October 3rd. Media speculation was that this is a reaction to Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. But actually, doesn't it reflect the Belt and Road Initiative and everything that China has been saying they've been doing for the last
1: they say they want to do it, and they actually go ahead and do it. And it's for, for the stands, for example. They were selling a lot of natural resources. They wanted to upgrade their economy. They wanted to get into manufacturing. They want to be able to export more than raw materials to China. And all of this is being supported by Chinese government and investments.
0: And it makes sense for China to downstream uh, industries that they frankly cannot afford to have in China because of the differential in wage rates.
1: That's right. So I think it's really a good thing. And the simple fact that many countries are now negotiating to join the Shanghai Cooperation Organization is an indication of this because SEO has gone beyond an organization that addresses terrorism. No, it's much more economic and political.
0: You have SEO, you have R, R, RCEP, RCEP yes. and you have the Belt and Road Initiative, yes. you have various South-South programs, you have the, um, the BRICS, which is also expanding. Expanding, right. it, Does this signal a, a, a new era where an area like the Central Asia mm-hmm. is going to start playing a much more important role instead of being ignored? That's right. To be uh, or used as a political chess piece against somebody. Mm. Uh, does it stand to reason, despite you know, the issues of drought, that they will somehow find a way to I think they be will. Heard?
1: Because if you, one is to be heard, the other is to collaborate and, and how to address the issue uh, in terms of the, the freshwater supply. I think it has to be dealt with on a global basis first in a regional basis second. If you have certain I think even in the US, right, different states get together to apportion fresh water supply that's coming out of rivers.
0: Well not 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 so nicely. Not so I mean nicely. right right now, I mean yeah. almost all the way across the Southwest they're starting to see dinosaur yeah. footprints and some oh, large yeah. cities, uh you know, Rivers just
1: disappearing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's it's serious, and that's going to impact the, the you know uh, the amount of food that's yeah. going to be available. These were all areas which were growing a tremendous amount of food. So once again, this kind of short-sightedness in terms of the global problems we face, mm-hmm. instead of looking at them, people are pursuing political uh, vendettas. Of right. Who who should be on top yeah. of the of the pile?
1: But what you said is it's absolutely true when you think about it. The pandemic was something that should have been addressed on a global basis because it impacted the whole world climate change must be addressed on a global basis but what we have is political haggling or even well it's provocations okay i'm going to
0: put it bluntly it's it's the u.s's desire to maintain hegemony over the world yeah Uh, that is what's protecting if if the u.s said look what I do in my house is my business. What you mm-hmm. do in yours is yours. Mm-hmm. As long as we can trade and we can come together and address the global issues, all right. I don't have to tell you how to live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I don't think uh, if, you know, if my neighbor would appreciate me going into his house and saying, well, put your cups over here, do this, do that. And this is what I want you to believe. That's right. So that has to stop. Global South. Slavery. August 23rd marked the International Day for Remembrance of Slave Trade and its abolition only it hasn't been abolished only denied i mean you you you, you see this uh, joe biden speaking on the remembrance of slavery quote great nations don't hide from their history they acknowledge their past both the triumphs and the tragedies Today is a day to reflect on the terrible toll of slavery and our nation's profound ability, ability to heal and emerge stronger. Unquote. You know, I, I was, I was dumbstruck by that statement. Heal. Heal. I mean, this is a nation where there was an attack on the Capitol where African Americans and, and poorer people are being denied their access to the,
1: voting. That's right.
0: And uh, how do you make a statement like that? I mean, is there no sensitivity to the, you know, the incongruity? I mean, this is just pure hypocrisy to get up and say something like that.
1: In the 1960s, when there was a lot going on in terms of civil rights and so on and so forth, there was a drive to be more positive about race relations and so on. But what we had when finance became the dominant force in America, we had the polarization, polarization even among whites on how to deal with the issue of slavery and blacks. I think this last decade, especially with President Trump and so on, uh, the situation has gotten so bad that we can only see violence coming up more than what we've seen before already.
0: But if you're the leader of a nation, you're Joe Biden, why would you say something so out of step with the reality and expect people to say, oh, great speech?
1: But there are Americans who do say this is a great speech. They are Americans who believe it.
0: Our nation's profound ability to heal and emerge stronger? While black men are being killed on the street, That's and we right. have a video of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact is, they didn't start, they weren't, you know, the police weren't just starting to beat them up and kill them mm-hmm. when videos <laughs> were being That's taken. Right. That's right. I mean, we have to assume that this has been going on for a long, all long over period the of time. Yeah. And there have been lawsuits, all these has been denied. The thin blue wall of, you know, stand by your fellow policemen don't rat him out no matter what they did Thanks. in america 10.5% of the population lives in poverty poverty which is disproportionately linked to race today the us is even more economically divided as racial politics rears its ugly head slavery is not just about human treating human beings as chattel It is about the subjugation of human beings by individuals or groups for their economic benefit. A recent study estimated there are 40 million people enslaved around the world. They cited child soldiers, those trafficked for sex, forced labor. But this is only a fraction of those who have and continue to be subjugated for the profit of others. Charles, what's your thoughts?
1: I think about uh, all the talk about market forces and social responsibility. Mm -hmm. How can you have all of this happening, let alone the whole world, but in the United States where Elon Musk's income last year with all the stock options was $20 billion, and you have dozens of companies that's making tens of billions of dollars a year, and then you have extreme poverty people living hand-to-mouth and you were describing to me once about this paycheck
0: 63 percent of americans are living paycheck to to paycheck. paycheck
1: barely surviving and then more than half a million homeless living on the streets what a country when you have such a disparity in terms of wealth and poverty
0: China's uh, vilified for uh, ending extreme poverty. What's that about? Are are people just being hoodwinked?
1: I think people are being hoodwinked. I think the Western mainstream media picks picks this up as another means of attacking China.
0: And that's where we always seem to end, attacks on China. All right. Thank you, Charles.
1: Thank you. (sighs)